0: This is CliffCentral.com. Welcome to Global Leadership Platform. Leadership Masterclass, um, Multiplying Leaders, Moving Society. I'm Louis Grunewald. Um, Adrian is in the bush presently. Um, for all things leadership, go to www.leadershipplatform.com. Today's Masterclass discussion is about leadership maturity. Now that is a very, very uh, relevant discussion, and I'm looking forward keenly. And as normal, in, with discussion of this kind of topic, our, our great host is Professor Theo Feltzman, our resident world class contributor. And with, uh, I just say, Hi, Theo, how are you?
1: Thank you, uh, Louis. I'm well, and thank you for the opportunity to spend some time with you again and afternoon. Uh, also to the listeners, hello.
0: The more we spend time with Theo, the more um, we grow to respect and love him and to to appreciate the tremendous role he's playing to make the world a better place. With us also is my colleague, Kevin Parkinson, a fellow leadership activist and life skill facilitator. Kevin, how are you?
2: Hi, thanks, uh, Louis. I'm doing great. Very good, actually. Now,
0: today's discussion with with, uh, Prof. Theo will Introduce requires some serious attention, our friends out there. Um, right at the end of the draft he sent us, he mentions a couple of words where he says, um, if I may do that, um, in the end, the journey to leadership maturity is a personal choice. Now, one of the things I respect so highly from... Um, Professor Theo is because he agrees with me. <laughs> That's meant to be funny. <laughs> but no, but what I'm, uh, it's a way that he, all his research, top quality academic research and experience, and it always boils down to one thing it's a personal choice. You and I decide uh, the quality leader, and especially when you look at this very serious subject of what is leadership maturity. Um, Theo, perhaps you can start the subject. But first of all, Theo, just tell us though um,
1: why you chose the subject. I think, uh, Louis, we've mentioned it a couple of times before in the masterclass that we're seeing a growing leadership crisis. And, um, you know, a leader has to be uh, excellent in five areas. It is the abilities, and usually we overemphasize that, you know, the hard and the soft abilities that leaders must have. And we pay a lot of time of that in terms of leadership development. The second area of excellence is, is what we've co- been calling the leadership intelligences. It's emotional intelligence, it's systemic intelligence. Uh, there are a number of them. The third one is that leaders must be ethical. They must be good, do good, and ensure the good. Uh, fourthly, as you've mentioned in the introduction, they have to be authentic. And the fifth one is is, uh, they have to be mature. And uh, for me, that is a growing concern that we look around and we see leaders that acting very immature, that they are not able, and we'll come to a little description of maturity in the end, that they are not mature for the positions uh, that they are in and the roles that they have to fulfill. I think it's a major concern in terms of of leadership maturity uh, Excellence rather is leadership maturity Thank you um, Listeners
0: um, a, a point to make Is so important You know uh, Professor Theo speaks from A solid background as a, a Leader In what he calls work psychologist but also Industrial psychology and he's a Prominent, prominent man um, So when we go through This discussion bear in mind That he's discussing with us some some brilliantly illustrated um, basic foundation of the psychology of maturity. So it's not just an academic exercise. Um, everything but that. It is a a, a deep rooted discussion on what this maturity means, and also with respect, the price we pay if we do not focus on on developing this maturity and the, the the very uh, powerful way that. Uh, Prof. Prof. Theo illustrates the the, the negative reaction if we don't pay the price. So Theo, please, please, let's go ahead. Uh, You mentioned the five capabilities facets. You want to discuss it again, please, Theo? Uh,
1: I think we've covered the the five that is the abilities, it is the intelligences, the ethical authenticity, the maturity. If I may now just uh, give a little description of, of leadership maturity, Uh, I mean, the leader, uh, Louis and Kevin, are in three relationships, the relationship with uh, him or herself, with others in the world. And maturity is the ability of the leader in these three relationships to engage consistently in a relevant and productive and uplifting ways. Now, what I mean by each of those terms, relevant means a mature leader is able to adjust to circumstances and to persons, the time, the place involved. Uh, he takes stock of what the situation is and then adjusts his uh, his behavior accordingly. That's the relevant uh, as a sign of maturity. The second one is productive. A, a leader in a mature leader in his relationships add value uh, in ongoing and significant ways. So um, once he's or she is engaged, there's more value, there's, there's wealth so to speak. So he doesn't leave the world, he leaves the world a better place, so to speak. And uh, lastly, edifying. Uh, With a mature leader, once you've engaged with a mature leader, you always feel better. You feel more fulfilled. The the mature leader leaves you a better person, leaves the world a better person. Um, The immature leader, uh, in contrast, is a person that applies the same recipe, regardless of... uh, time, place, and persons over and over and again. He's got this little recipe, and so he goes about it. Um, He actually, through his unproductive engagement with others, uh, uh, destroys value and and wealth. He doesn't add anything in and have a, a destructive, unhealthy, abrasive relationships. You always feel worse off after you've engaged with an immature uh, um, leader. So he can be very competent. He's got the abilities, but it's, can I put it this way? Um, it's like the artisan that has uh, knows how to do a job, but actually in applying his tools, he, he messes up the job, so to speak. And that's the immature leader.
0: Mm, thank you. Theo, um, I just want to go back briefly to um, those five capability facets. Uh, You know, Theo mentioned the abilities, the intelligences, the ethical authenticity and the maturity. On the ethical side, it's very relevant nowadays, but the way, Prof, uh, it's not just you must do the right thing in terms of what is politically correct, etc. It's really, he says, the capability to do the right thing for the right reasons in the right way, in the right place, and the right time with the right persons. It's the should do and the right, the capability to be good, do good, and ensure good. So what he's doing is just giving us a clearer understanding of what ethical really means. And quite frankly, when he puts it this way, um, borne out by all our years of experience ourselves, ethical is a very, very practical, down-to-earth, um, absolute necessity for, for mature and good leaders out there. So I just love the way you express that, Theo. Appreciate that.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Now, the, now you mentioned as well now, the, in contrast, leadership immaturity pertains to leadership, and you mentioned as well. Now, then you stress that leadership maturity is a lifelong journey of
1: ripening. Please expand on that, Theo. You know, uh, uh, Louis and Kevin, uh, we f- physically and physiologically, it's kind of a, a maturing process is an automatic process as one ages. You grow up physically, uh, you become a, a bigger, taller, yeah, you know, and over time, even a heavier person, so to speak, weight-wise. <laughs> but psychosocial, matu- spiritual maturity is a journey. It is not automatically. It is as you... It is a journey that can be arduous, open-ended, multifaceted, uh, and and it's about the life experiences, uh, events, exposures, relationships that you you have, and how you actually respond to that, how you make sense of it, how you give it meaning, and it can be for the one person it's positive, uplifting, the way how they process those those events, experiences, and exposures. And for the other one, it's negative, destructive. So it is actually, and that's where you started off, uh, Louis, by taking, it's a personal choice. And so often we see leaders, if we go back in their personal life history, that gone through very bad uh, experience, that grew up in atrocious circumstances, that uh, maybe were abused, uh, that were exposed to bad experiences, uh, and actually uh, uh, process that very positively and became through that a stronger, more mature persons. Um, and we can appreciate that and recognize. And you see the other person that actually dealt very negatively with it, process it very negatively and, and, and remained or in that way uh, uh, stays an immature person, gets stuck at a point because of those experiences. Not to say that we there's ever a fully mature person. It is always a journey, a journey of how you actually go through these experiences and process them.
0: See, I must admit, in in our hundreds of conversations over the years with top leaders and top thought leaders, uh, the one pattern seemed to emerge, and confirming what you were saying right now, uh, there's no such thing as a fully mature leader. If you're a mortal, you can't quite be a fully mature leader. But this mindset towards a constant growing um, attitude towards uh, maturity, this is in common, all quality leaders. When we meet a person that seems to be settled into, well, a, I know it all, then immediately the light goes out of his eyes. It's, you, you get the impression this person is missing something, and it quite frankly is, uh, if you think you 're fully mature, then perhaps uh, you know one needs to depart this life because uh, it's certainly it 's a process, and this is the, the the point each one of us has to make don 't expect to be mature overnight And the way as we go f- f- ahead with the discussion, you'll find when he explains all the various stages uh, that we should actually be certain kind of maturity at a certain level. In a life, but few people really are able to do so. So it's vital to recognise, you know, where perhaps we've lagged behind, and also be confident one can pick up those loose reins, those golden threads, and make up. So mature leaders, leaders don't fully mature leaders don't exist. At the same time, it is a process that is just just imperative that we understand
2: it. Could I just ask Theo, Could you expand on? on that sentence where you say immature leadership also does not imply toxic leadership. I think that's an important thing for people to understand.
1: Yeah. Uh, can I just comment on what Louis said about mm. them, uh, the maturity and being a journey and they're nobody perfect? There's also an interesting characteristic of a mature person is that they, they mature enough. Well, that's part of the maturity, recognize that you, in certain aspects, immature, and that you work at it, and you have to learn. Uh, so, so mature person also has the uh, the ability to recognise immaturity in him or herself and work at it, and is be willing to learn. The immature person can't, hasn't got the ability to recognise the immaturity. So they kind of they like a, a car that's in a wheel spin that actually just stays in the same place and repeats the same immature behaviour, and they can't move.
0: As opposed to the mature person you mentioned, um, uh, reaches out to other leaders, persons who are more mature in her Mm -hmm. areas of immaturity. So this is one of the reasons the mature leaders, uh, they draw an affinity with other mature people because they are so keen to make use of people that obviously may well be superior to them in specific areas. Not so, Theo?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kevin, your question about toxic leadership, which we've discussed in a previous la- leadership class, uh, is, is toxic leaders op- uh, is about uh, leaders that are deliberately, consciously going um, uh, to to actually undermine the sense of dignity, self worth, and efficacy of individuals. So they are uh, there's a strong measure of of uh, uh, pathology in them. Um, and in a sense, uh, they don't care about it. Uh, while the immature person is uh, could act uh, toxic, but it's, not, uh, it's more because of blind spots. It's not because they are deliberately toxic, deliberately uh, destructive, uh, and they, they want to run down other people.
0: See, yeah. you know, that's why uh, leaders like yourself have said that in the past, sometimes so-called successful business leaders were sociopaths. They just yep. don't have any kind of conscience, etc. I believe we're filtering out those people fast nowadays, and this is one of the purposes of the kind of program that we run. Uh, uh, one thing about this, not that uh, immature leadership does not imply toxic leadership, is also the fact that it gives all of us hope. So making mistakes itself doesn't make you a toxic a toxic leader necessarily. In fact, I can't see it there a person developing in maturity without um, building <laughs> on their mistakes all the time. How can you grow without making uh, mistakes? Obviously, there are different kinds of mistakes. When you speak of a toxic mistake, that's, that's with a certain mm-hmm. kind of a measure of pathology, as mm. Theo says. That's a form of sickness, and that we won't just be able to cure. But uh, mistakes are part, a part of the growth game.
1: Very much so. Very much so. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: One point relevant to this, Theo, also: Um, How would you say that the issue of maturity um, is opposed to the modern tendency to blame, Um, to, to, uh, other words, to you know, for entitlement, etc. Other words, to blame the past um, or other people for your lack of uh, confidence or maturity. Um, Would you say that if you measure um, leaders? that the mature leader will not necessarily be inclined to blame others or or situations so much for the lack of performance. Do you agree?
1: Uh, Very much so. Uh, Louis, your mature leader would not deny his past if it's been bad. He would not deny errors he's made in the past. But he will fully own up to it. The past, he will say, yes, I went through, we grew up very poor, but I was able to work through that and decide that I'm going to try, take charge of my own destiny. Uh, the mature leader would say, you know, we did, a, there was a major mess up. We took the wrong decision or I trusted somebody too much and they messed up. But I, t- I take full accountability and then uh, uh, touching on what you be, uh, you said before, then we'll ask the most or say the most important thing. But, you know, this is what I've learned from my past, how to deal constructively with it. This is what I've learned from how we messed up. Maybe I didn't brief the person properly. Maybe I didn't uh, make sure that the person understood what had to be done correctly. Maybe the person didn't have the skills. Maybe the stretch was too much for the person. So the person owns up to the situation, does not deny it or rationalize it away, and, and then says, How do we move forward from from this point onwards?
0: I must must admit it's inspiring to me to meet leaders. Uh, I had a session recently with a young, dynamic uh, black leader, Um, and uh, he's got remarkable ability to coordinate and lead a team of quite a few older, white, uh, experienced people and black, young, uh, qualified leaders. And how he does it? with no uh, sign or touch of racism amongst that group. It's really a beautiful experience. I Asked me about that. I said, how does he manage it? He said, well, when he was younger, he decided to close the door to that. And his expression, closing the door, was a very mature uh, expression. He decided that he will not blame, he will uh, uh, you know, examine he's, he's, the past he's had. But man, this guy really is a tremendous example... Of people maturing. And he's maturing every time I see him as well. But he's not blaming anybody in the past. He's only concerned about addressing his own so called faults in the process. So, this just is another one of the great spin offs of uh, paying the price to be a mature leader, I think. Hmm.
1: Louis, can I add to that? Is a, a colleague of mine, Rufa Nikak, uh, and he looks at um, uh, the life histories of leaders. And he will tell you that in most of the leaders he has studied, all of them had bad experiences of some kind or the other. <laughs> yeah, like but that. the good leaders yeah. were able to process it positively and constructively.
0: Okay. Uh, Theo, I, <laughs> I laugh a bit because that's been my experience. You, you meet a person, a person is confident and positive and, and uh, pleasant, you know. And then I mean, you go deeper, you find they have walked the coals of life every one of them um, the fact that the person seems positive doesn't mean they haven't got in fact it's probably because he's overcome those difficulties uh, therefore when we are not, mat- not mature we tend to feel uh, that the, your own obstacles were greater than other people's obstacles you know and that's just not true um, the difference is the mature people overcomes those obstacles in fact become springboards
2: for further action I fully agree with that. It's it's interesting with those that are are toxic seem to always be making excuses and try to avoid and try to portray this perfection where the other ones who are really, really mature are like, yes, I've fallen plenty of times and got up again and… I'm still weak in these areas, like it' are very yes. clear here, that they seek out people who are stronger than them yeah, in those yeah. particular areas. They, and that is wonderful to see. They, 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 they ask for coaching. They ask for help and assistance, which is amazing. They come become. Uh, uh, Ke- uh,
1: Kevin, you're touching on one of the sure signs of a mature leader is humility.
2: Yes. It's
1: one of the really distinguishing uh, signs by which you can recognize uh mature leaders is humility.
2: And uh, and even the there seems to be a natural flow of their conversation seems to be a lot more calmer. They don't get aggressive and, and angry and and um, emotionally charged. They they just seem a lot more calmer because they've been through, like Louis said, those calls of life. They know what the other people who perhaps are exhibiting that, what they're going through is through their own refinements and that's what brings them to be calm. And, and I've, I've also found that with great leaders, they are very calm and, and uh, take things uh, in, in their stride. They, they don't this, rush into a, things. A spirit of order. Um,
1: mm. Theo? Yeah, they, yeah. they are at peace with themselves yes. because yes. they accept who and what they are and what they stand for. So they are at peace with themselves, with others and the world. Not to say that they're not passionate about things, eh? But you're you yes. quite right. There's that tranquility. Uh, that you, you detect with them. Uh, it is as if they are just with ease and confidence handling situations and people. There's a, there's a other thing is, uh, you can add to that is a grace. They handle situations with a a, a a grace that you can't put your finger on but you just feel it's there.
0: Yeah, it's in the body language as well. Yes. Now we're moving to um, an important phase and uh, I'd invite Listens out there to make notes to think about that, um what Theo calls the five upward spiraling stages of maturity Now, this is something that that many of us can really do um do with, other words to examine exactly how we develop this kind of maturity, and in many cases, if it lags behind in the growth stages then that that causes a challenge which we must face up to. Theo would you go ahead with that
1: yeah uh, um It seems like, and I've simplified it a little bit, Louis and Kevin, because there's a lot of uh, very uh, impressive stuff that's uh, rich, a lot of rich material. So I've tried to also take it because we don't have a lot of material currently in research having been done around leadership maturity in in psychology in general. You know, uh, there's a lot of stuff. So what I've done is I've taken the writings from those areas and then tr- uh, um, apply to, to, to leadership. But of course, a leader is a person, so it's also applicable to how people mature. But mm-hmm. it seems like there are five stages of, uh, as you've put it, Louis upwards uh, stages of, of uh, maturity. So it's, it's a journey, as we've said. It's a growth process. Now, a couple of principles about these stages that are important. Firstly, that a higher stage frames the lower stage. So you go from stage one to two, and two, in a sense, reframes what has happened in, in, in stage one. Um, the stages may overlap a uh, greater or less extent. It seems like a stage, uh, uh, any given stage, it's not like Monday and one, this kind of level of maturity, and on uh, next week, uh, Friday, I'm on the next level. It takes years. It seems like on average... Uh, um, um, a stage, a maturity stage, could take about uh, up to upwards from uh, to ten year. It means that you reach full maturity as a as a leader round about uh, your fortieth, fiftieth year of of uh, as a person, and um, the migration from one stage. Uh, to another, implies that you've resolved uh, the issues of a stage uh, um, successfully. So each stage has got a challenge. It's got issues you have to resolve in order to – it's like building a house. If you don't uh, – if, if the foundation, laying the foundation is stage one, and you now haven't laid a very good foundation, if you now put the walls up on, on the foundation stage two, you're going to have wobbly uh, walls. The the building is not going to 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 be steadfast, and and that's one of the things that we see is with leaders very often things earlier in their life become is unfinished business, and then they battle to actually um, be fully mature people. So. We sometimes have to work back and that's where coaching is important with things that happened before which they haven't resolved and i'll point out the things as we go through the five stages maybe you want to comment uh, at this stage uh, louis kevin
0: theo i just want to mention uh, there are reasons why um, clinical psychologists sometimes take years to help people through problems they go back and they help people um, you know rethink what experienced years ago, so it's important to understand that if if one lags behind in your growth uh, hierarchy, um it's not always easy to go back, uh, except if you get some expert help. For instance, you mentioned the example of the house uh, building the house, uh, Theo. Uh, the truth is, if you make a mistake in the foundation, you go back. That's expensive. You know, you got to dig up, <laughs> and it's it's very expensive, obviously. But I deal in development. Of maturity mature leadership is to understand the stages and therefore make sure you don't just accept um certain faults have to happen In other words and, and when we as we mature we really recognize this and this is what a sign of of maturity there's also a sign of humility and another word for humility is teachability a person is always receptive quality, authentic ideas that lift them and other people around them.
1: Hmm. Uh, I think also what's a positive thing, is until a couple of years ago, uh, Kevin Louis, it was believed that we kind of psychologically have matured by about the, uh, the age of six years. And then we stuck for the rest of our lives and to try and sort out, can I put it, problems. Uh, we now say in terms of uh, the more positive approach uh, in positive uh, psychology, says we are maturing our whole lives. So we don't get stuck very early. There could be unfinished business, yes, that you carry forward, but we grow our whole lives. Um, and that's a very positive thing for me. Also, positive that you can go back and then work on things you couldn't resolve uh, uh, before. Yes. Uh, but that's a painful process. As you said, uh, rectifying the building after the foundations have been laid down faulty, is a big job and it's a, is, 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 is expensive. And that's why I also believe that we have to start with the development of our leaders much earlier, uh, or at primary school already, at secondary school, because to get the foundations right, before um, a leaders or the person arrives in the workplace and take up leadership Positions. Then we try and, in a two hour sessions or in two days, uh, try and undo what happened in the person's. You know, he was a bully on this playground when he was young because he was a big guy, uh, but he had leadership abilities, and now he learns that the way to get things done is by bullying others, and he does in the workplace as well. Mm-hmm. Maybe not physically, but definitely emotionally.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd like to just ask if you could clarify a little bit where the first point. The a higher stage reframes a lower stage.
1: In other words, it uh, and we'll get to the stages in a moment. Mm-hmm. It is like uh, there's a little bit of a technical term for that. We call it emergence. It means that. Can I use the analogy of a house again? Building a house. Once you put down the foundation, the moment you put the walls on top of the foundation, the foundation, in a sense, becomes part of the walls, and you have a bigger, a nicer building, so to speak. Then you put the, the roof on top, and it's an even better uh, building. So, in a sense, foundations and walls disappear into the roof, and so it carries on. So it gets pulled up to the next level every time, and it gets that's, you can call it emergence, or you can call it reframing.
0: Thank you. In a sense, also, um, uh, this mindset enables you to renew your understanding. For instance, you're busy with the walls and the roof, but you realise the importance of the foundation. So, therefore, in a sense, it helps you mature uh, towards the the first and second stages as well.
1: Yeah, uh, nicely put, uh, Louis. Very nicely put.
0: Please go ahead with the stages, Theo
1: five stages, as I said, roughly could be in the order of 10 years. So this is not an overnight thing. The first stage is, and essentially that's up to when uh, puberty. So we're talking of a young person here, but remember these things pull through when you're a leader. And this, this stage is all about confident ableness. Uh, and I want to talk in terms of the kind of identity you develop as a leader. It's the identity of self-worth. And it means that when you're a child, a baby a child um, is that you have to grow up in a in a space which is safe and secure where you are able through the authority figures your parents your guardians your teacher you interact with is that in their interaction with them you develop a positive healthy self image and confidence uh, you you develop a basic firm belief in that I can a competence that confidence that self image. Uh, You discover who you are. uh, You discover how you 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 can express your needs in a constructive manner. I mean, talking about a child, yeah, I'm hungry, Um, and you don't now uh, learn to say, I say I'm hungry. I don't throw the stuff around in order being angry about hungry. Uh, You learn to to handle your emotions. Uh, very important is you learn what is right or wrong uh, and and um, and you also learn the courage because in the safe and secure environment to take risk confidently. So you are de- developing basic sense of self-worth. If you get stuck at this stage, in other words, as a child, you weren't in the safe, secure environment, is um, that you always felt run down, inferior. Uh, people did not confirm yourself with you you see the leader in the later life that lacks confidence that's always seeks security uh, seeks predictability uh, sometimes because they haven't been taught what's right or wrong they have an unclear sense of what what is uh, the right thing to do Um, and and they always seek approval from others because they can't they haven't, uh, um, in their maturity at this stage, learned that they are worthy in their own right.
0: Theo, we'll see now as we move on how the concept of self-worth changes, though, as you go through the various stages, and Theo will explain it as we go along. For instance, um, it, it matures as well. Um, I was just uh, looking at a quote by our friend uh, uh, Madam Seller, Professor Marmsella, uh, Theo, who, the other mm-hmm. day, she sent a Twitter out. The more you appreciate your worth, the less concerned you become of other people's opinions of your value. <laughs> and I was always impressed in a couple of times we've spoken to her, how uh, she really bases her convictions on the fact that if you feel it's right, then let the consequence follow. And uh, this just confirms what you're saying. One's sense of self-worth is so very
1: important and it will mature as we go through the stages. Not so, Theo. Very, but, and I mean, uh, Tuli is the the most practical example of believing in yourself, having had that sense of self-worth and confidence. Uh, I mean, I can't, in, I don't think any of us can imagine the pressure she was under when she actually stood up for what was right and say, there are things wrong here, I mean, around state capture, and whatever, the pressure that was on her. And she said, sorry, I believe in myself, self-worth, and, and given the evidence. And I mean, it wasn't that she pulled the stuff out of the air. Uh, she actually, on, on facts and evidence, said, this is what I believe, and I stand by my opinion. Uh, there's a technical term that also gets used, and we talk about it. Uh, if you go through this stage uh, um, well, constructively, you have an internal uh, locus of control you don 't get defined by your circumstances, you define the circumstances because you 're confident and you feel uh, you have worth in your own right oh, beautiful
2: I think yeah. also this this leads of so much the importance of parenting um, the importance of having families where you have both parents who can help children actually develop this this self confidence this healthy self image um, and if we don 't get it from home, we try and find it at school and and uh, as young children and and it becomes in complicated because then we get led into different um, things that are are gangs or whatever, so all the negative side comes out um, in a strong way that we see and i 've seen in in schools that we 've gone around and had interviews with some of the most Really, really mature students are taking and and you're right it 's not about your your circumstances that define you because they come from really poor backgrounds, but they themselves, because of this maturity at a young age, have stood up and said no i 'm not going to be uh, get involved with gangs or or um drugs or whatever it is all these negative um activities." And it's been such an amazing thing to see that you're so right. It's not about uh, your circumstances that define you. It's how you handle them. And uh, we see it in, in our wonderful uh, schools of, of South Africa at the moment.
1: And it's, uh, you, know, you mentioned the very important thing there, Kevin, is the authority figures, how they mediate between you The the, the child and the circumstance to say, but you're not defined by the circumstances, your destiny, and you won't use these big words with the children, but that's what they're essentially saying. Mm -hmm. Your destiny is in your own hands. You make what you want from of your future, regardless of circumstances. And that is that is why it's so sad when you see teachers that run down kids and don't build up their confidence, but kind of because they immature they actually uh, pass that immaturity, project that immaturity onto the children because they are dependent on them. Hey, uh, uh, children are dependent on them as role models as, as, uh, uh, to, to show them the way.
0: You see, that's, that's why we so overstress your understanding of uh, reverence, for instance, in the class um, because you... Uh, you aren't mature enough to, be able to handle it, you know. In fact, if you are a mature leader, you invite, and you mentioned it later on, you invite people to, to respond and to contribute as well because you realize you, you, your success is measured by the, the way other people are successful around you.
1: Theo, so let's yeah. move to stage two then. Stage, stage one was I have an identity of self-worth. Stage two is in a sense where I start going into the world and that's round about the teenager stage. And uh, you realize now that you, you function in relationships and you need others uh, in those relationships. But I have to, uh, at this stage, it's very uh, egocentric kind of way of engaging with others. I want to satisfy my own needs. So you can talk about an identity uh, of of consumption. You, you, you're learning how to use the world for at this stage, very from your own uh, perspective, for your for your own end. Uh, so you reach out to others in order to to satisfy your short term immediate needs. Uh, and and it's kind of your interest that you keep it hard. I mean, that's why it's so interesting. If I use just a practical example, a teenager, you have one teenager that gets pocket money. The one uses it immediately, and that's typical of most teenagers, immediate gratification of their needs then you have the other more mature um teenager that says listen i want to save up my money because i've got I want to buy myself this thing or that thing uh whatever they they realize that they have to uh, not immediately satisfy their needs but typical of this stage is that uh, it's a kind of my needs against your needs and where i have access to to certain things I want to, uh, to satisfy my needs. And, and also then a bit of a, a manipulative uh, um, uh, um, behavior here yeah, and opportunistic because you, you manipulate situations to suit you uh, in order to satisfy your needs. Um, but what you now have to learn during this stage, how to in a mature way, in a delayed way to satisfy your needs. And not go for the immediate thing because in, in the longer term, there are greater returns if you wait for certain things. Like in the practical example I want to repeat here is is, is uh, the pocket money that I use, save up my pocket money wisely instead of spending it virtually by day two of the month it's spent. The leader that gets stuck at this stage is only focusing on his his needs, very much immediate gratification. And it's only his needs regardless of the cost to others in the world and, and sometimes in very acting very uh, deviously and unethically in, a, in, in satisfying their needs. So it's about consumption, but it's learning how to consume, or put it this way, satisfy your needs in a mature, longer-term way and not go for immediate gratification.
0: That helps us understand to some extent, Theo, perhaps... Um, the reaction of many students, for instance, you know, burning of schools, etc. Uh, we're yeah. not pretty intelligent, but because they're at this stage and it becomes, in some ways, a very, very selfish agenda. And therefore, hopefully, now many of those same students, uh, years later, when they go into different stages, they become mature leaders. And they, I remember when I was younger, my brothers used to throw eggs <laughs> at political parties in those days. It was a big thing. Years later, though, they came in opposition to the, the then uh, biggest party. And these young people were doing the same thing. And my brothers amazed and said, why should they <laughs> throw eggs? Meantime, they were doing it 10 years ago themselves.
1: Yeah.
2: Because uh, hopefully they did. Those brothers did <laughs> outgrow it, though. They weren't throwing eggs at that stage anymore. And a typical example of this would be, uh, and we see it in very young children when they throw tantrums. Yeah. And, and parents, uh, sadly, the parents give in to those tantrums because they're embarrassed, because they, you know, just to satisfy the need so the child will be quiet or whatever or pacify them. And they forget the long-term consequences of, of giving in yes. instead of teaching uh, appropriately. Um, and disciplining appropriately, uh, throwing a tantrum, you know, but babies learn that from the beginning when they're hungry and they, they can't even speak and they cry because they, I need food. And so it carries on and, and it needs to be developed. And that's why we need these really mature leaders, i.e. parents or teachers in the case of teenagers saying that's inappropriate behavior. It's not going to work when you, when you get older. And the, the quicker you learn that, the more, You'll be able to face the world when you go out there on your own and you are in the world and have to deal with others in, in business and career and family.
0: As, as borne out by Theo in previous uh, sessions, Theo, uh, when yeah. the leader is not mature, then he responds in a certain way, you know, and that, that doesn't solve the problem because yes. if, if you don't have that uh, solid understanding of yourself and respect for yourself, it's extremely difficult. To persuade other people to be mature as
1: well, you know, and, and, and it, let's put it into the business world. That is uh, that kind of very immature behavior of short-term gratification is reinforced. If you look at like, the U.S. businesses, these uh, reporting of a quarterly results and you, prof, you know the bonus schemes is just short-term stuff. It is not to say, listen, we will look at the performance, how you're performing over the next five years with a business. So what do bu- uh, business leaders do? They don't do, make the long-term capital investments in the business because it's going to reduce the profitability, uh, etc. They're just going for the short-term things. That is, that is a clear sign of short-term immediate gratification and a sign of immaturity for me, these short-term incentives. I
0: remember, Theo, doing relations sessions, at high level for a mining, mining company, and our previous leader had, uh, had developed a great reputation of profitability. But then when he left, the other leader took over and he found that the maintenance program for the mines had lagged behind so much that uh, it, it, it was costing a fortune to rectify it because the maintenance was left astray, um, because of the of the, the passion for for short term profits. And this just confirms exactly what you're saying as well. Mm. Okay.
1: Theo, the the next one's interesting. It's uh, stage three as yeah. your young adult. So we're talking about a person uh, uh in his early twenties, uh mid twenties, young adulthood, his personal uniqueness. A late stage of teenager, remember these stages are not, you know, clear at this this time you 're over there, but it's uh, this stage is about finding my own u- uh, identity of uniqueness. Uh, this th- uh, leader uh, realizes at this stage is that I to get anywhere, I must stand out as a unique person uh, in my interactions with others so. The, the person is trying to find his own voice and place under the sun in his relationships. Who am I and what do I stand for? He is striving in terms of reaching maturity to, to go inside himself or herself to say, now who am I and in what ways am I different? And, um, and in that sense, also when he engages with the world in his relationships with others, he, he plays very hard on on uh, on on the tune, or he expresses the tune of I'm different, and I can make a unique difference here, and an invaluable contribution, uh, which will leave the world a better place. Um, he then also starts to say, you know, being unique, my standards should be your your standards. Um, so the identity of uniqueness stands out in this stage. For the immature leader, or this leader that gets stuck at this this stage, is He's all the time claiming that he's unique. I mean, put it this way, uh, he's claiming that he's God's gift to humankind. And he must be appreciated all the time, and he must be treated uniquely, and he's just so different from other people. And, oh boy, oh boy, you must be so pleased that you have me around. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, We see, uh, see (laughs) unfortunately, a lot of that, um, because the healthy development of your sense of differentiation or uniqueness, uh, when it doesn't mature, then it becomes something that's pretty dangerous, like a loose cannon, not so uh, theoretical.
1: Yeah, and, and I mean, again, we've mentioned in the previous stage uh, incentives. You know how this gets expressed in the corporate environment. Uh, for me, in the executive dining room, in reserved parking, um, in some oh, special nice. uh, uh, benefits to particular groups especially the executives in the organization we uh, you should be so pleased that you have us around so you must treat us in a special way and you know now looking at ESCOM and I've got a lot of pity with the, 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 the unions some of the claims they've made I mean they are on the receiving end of a lot of the bad decisions of leadership now leadership once the previous leadership uh, uh, it must be taken on them with no wage increases. But it weren't their decisions. I mean, if, if you turn, turn up for work, you perform badly on the job, again, fine, you, you, get, uh, you, you get a, a go-through disciplinary. But they were on the receiving end of all of these bad decisions by the previous management.
0: It's interesting, Eskom, have got a great guy, a colleague and friend of yours, head of the leadership development side, you know, uh, he's brilliant, but they're not listening to him, I'm sure, that, uh, Theo, uh, from that point yeah. of view. But an old story, it must start at the top. Uh, and if we aren't mature at the top, then it's extremely difficult in, in expecting it to cascade right through an organization. Mm-hmm. Now, the next one is the adulthood one. Yes.
1: Yeah, that's stage four. Previous one, I'm unique. Uh, stage four is to say, but you know, I'm unique. That's fine. And I think you must accept each of us are unique. But then you realize that is, is that we have a shared identity. In this stage four, the person realizes that he's got a shared destiny and that jointly with others, he can achieve much more. Uh, he, he can pursue an individual dream, but it will stay an individual dream. He has to reach out to others. So it's a movement from me to the us, and uh, uh, and what happens now in this the life of this person in stage four is uh, is is kind of the theme. Together we are much smarter and can achieve much more. The leader now matured to the extent from from immediate gratification through to unique individual to say, but we have to take hands. We're a community here that we have to move together. It's not a win lose game, it must be a win win game in which everybody is equally unique, but for our uniqueness we have to put together in a synergistic way so that we can achieve great things. The 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 leader fixated in this this uh, stage is just he's got a very narrow view he reaches out, but it's v- with very much like a clannish attitude. My clan, those close to us, let's promote our vision uh, to the detriment of others. So he, he could be visionary, but he is like the, the organization that tries to kill off all other organizations in order to to, to go ahead. I must uh, eliminate the others in order to get ahead of the game. So, the, so there is a yeah, vision, yeah. but it's very self-centered. Hey. The,
0: the the pressure on a truly democratic uh, society like ours is exactly this. If you're a uh, you, uh, leader of a political party, then the, the tendency is to become like this. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're fixated on your own. So everything you say uh, is interpreted in terms of your specific political party's views. And uh, Whereas the, the quality of a statesman, for instance, they lift themselves above that. So it's extremely difficult. And this is the disadvantage of a, a fully democratic society that you expected. We once spoke to um, to, uh, um, to who was uh, you know, that great leader interview, and we asked him, you know, what does he do when he agrees with the opposition or things that the ruling party is doing? Uh, Bantu Olomisa, and he said, yeah, very mature, and he said, now come on, uh, Umlui, uh, uh, I'm not there to agree with the. <laughs> That's not the system, you know. I'm supposed to oppose it. And, and he said it with a touch of humor because he often will, will support the positive no matter where it comes from. But the trouble is now you're bound. That's one of the reasons why my son Ardian wanted to enter politics years ago. And my older brother, General Tini Grunewald, who died a few years ago, was a very experienced, uh, leader, also a politician. And he said, don't. And the reason is, is it's is extremely difficult. To live with your principles uh, because you have to bow down to the, the party around, and that I, I suppose it fits in this profile a person um, this uh, exactly is fixated in the stage in an uncompromising manner would push for the specific organization centric realization like say my political party or my business and then uh, the, the challenge would be that the people in that organization um, um, would develop and feel this, and therefore they lose contact with the outside world. Like, for instance, uh, like a competition between cell phone companies. Um, and you can easily uh, be caught by this uh, kind of disease, not so, Theo, that you just put your own first. What the result is that the broader mature principles are kind of swallowed up.
1: Hmm. I mean, you, you've mentioned a very applicable situation, and, and, and that's the maturity difference between just being a politician as a statesman. A statesman would uh, agree, take the hand of another statesman and say, but we have a shared vision here. Not all the good ideas come from my party. Let's give you also credit. Maybe we, uh, where the disagreement is, who's got the will to lead and the will to make this a reality? But we, uh, the vision is a vision for South Africa, so to speak. And how can we... If we in power, how can we? Uh, will we drive that? But how can we also? Uh, I mean, the, the 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 emphasis of the maturity here, Louis, is on a constructive engagement. You will criticize, but constructively, not in a destructive manner, in order to get my way. And, and kind of my vision which is now the overarching one but and that kind of leads already into the next stage is is uh, what what's the common good that we are serving here I mean if you take now what's been happening in the metros uh, uh, Johannesburg 20 and Nelson Mandela where they've been battling and I think uh, is it Nelson Mandela no they've passed their, one of them still haven't passed their budget
0: yeah they uh, did eventually yeah
1: yeah, yeah uh, <laughs> But it's been such a delayed process kind of with a nitpicking, let's show who holds the power here and who can actually uh, uh, hold back the car going forward. But meanwhile the constituents are suffering because they can't go ahead with, with uh, deploying the budget.
0: Uh, Theo, the last principle we want to discuss today and we're going to complete the exercise in future and this one is about stage five and I think it's where you evolved now from the shared destiny, from the envisioning principle, and you go into servitude. That, I think, is important. We speak so much of that out there, but it takes genuine emotional maturity to be able to to embrace this principle. And this is where the great start being separated from the common. Please go ahead there, Theo.
1: Yeah. And I think, remember now, if you talk about 10 years age uh, 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 lapses of time for each stage, the person is now around about 40, uh, 40 years, 45. Uh, previously, and at the previous age, you would see the results-driven leader, the leader that looks after the achievement for his organization. As I say, to the, very often to the detriment of all other organizations, take them out. It is a war out there, and let's, let's uh, eliminate them. In stage five, it is a stage where the, the leader moves beyond the narrow parochially, uh, parochial organization-specific objective dreams to a higher ultimate purpose and meaning. Uh, he's looking for the common ground uh, beyond, beyond the shared goals and dreams and legacies. It is really the leader that is in, in, in service of humanity. Uh, I can't think again of a better example of Mandela to say it where It said that words, I'm against all forms of racism, whether it's black against white or white against black, I'm here to serve the people of South Africa. And that is the uh, really the highest stage of, of maturity. this servanthood. Uh, I'm not only a servant, I'm also a steward of our common destiny. So It's about uh, looking at um ultimate good what's ultimately good, what is ultimately right, what is ultimately beautiful and I'm in servant uh, as a servant of the truth, the right and the beautiful for all uh for for all humanity as I see it and and for all generations the the upcoming generations and the future generation, this is also where sustainability, a hot topic currently also kicks in that I will leave. The world a better place uh, than I found it of obviously
0: med leaders who have grown into the states and they 've got a bigger context mentality they do, but I also found in some cases uh, what the result is they kind of uh, um, get removed they get get removed from uh, from their own people around them as well, so this is where. Personal maturity and and the respect for self-worth is so important to understand. In other words, uh, I'm so focused on the bigger needs around me of the country that I forget the imperative of being one with the people around me. Your feelings on that subject?
1: Yeah, you you know, the the immaturity in this case is an interesting one. uh, Because these leaders have reached, such a high level of maturity and, and we've spoken about that before that they are now seen as as fully perfect. There's nothing wrong with them. So the, the, leader, uh, the, the followers of these leaders could uh, respond very immaturely to these leaders by putting them on a pedestal and believe they are just uh, perfect. And they don't, don't have... Although the leader would say, I've, I've got this shortfall and this weakness... I mean, mature in this area, they now regard him virtually as as, as a god. Um, and, and that creates its uh, own bad dynamic because very often then the leader can't engage with his followers in a constructive manner. And what's then important for the leader at this stage, that he must actually grow, nurture very mature followers that are very courageous to take him on. Uh, and willing to take him on and don't put him on a pedestal. Mm.
2: Very, very true, because that could lead to to absolute disaster. Um, if, the, if that leader happened to pass away or get killed for whatever reason, natural causes, it would be devastation for the rest of society. And we've seen that in so many religious communities um, and even political um, countries where that has happened, and the country's gone into such mourning and, and that because mm-hmm. of the person that they almost feel yeah. that they can't continue, which is really, really no. No. No, thanks, Kevin. toxic. Uh, we, we've uh,
0: gone through the process of maturity, it really is an exciting uh, exercise. Uh, has been for me, and even reading your, your script you sent us, uh, Theo, I appreciate that. We'll make this available both as a podcast and also as a a document for those who would like to do that, and for people who want to call on, on Prof. Theo, they're so welcome to do so. Um, I think, though, going back to what we start, said at the start, it is a very, very personal decision and journey and ultimately, um, a mature leader is all about um, the, the, the way that this reflects in who you are, in your body language. And um, I think, very important, the process of ongoing learning of nourishment of your body and your spirit all the time. Um, I feel every time I discuss with, with Theo, I think Theo feels is learning all the time. Don't you, Theo?
1: Very much so. And uh, for me, the great thing is to reach out, to engage with others because in the process, you always learn. Uh, because people tell you what they think. You hear other opinions. You may not agree. But in the process, you have to work it out for yourself. Why don't you agree? And in the process, you also learn. Okay. If, you, yeah. uh, if you stop learning, you stagnate. You're dead. Life is about learning. They start with the same letter as well, life and learning. Mm
0: -hmm. Find our activist uh, leadership (laughs) colleague, Theo. Uh, Just finally, Theo, um, just a feeling towards all those who aspire to be mature leaders. Finally, final thought.
1: I think uh, um, for me, important is... Think about uh, your experiences, look at your circumstance, and then <laughs> and it's not easy hey it's not like taking a pill and suddenly you've worked through the process. Sometimes it takes very long through to work through and uh, what's happened to circumstances, an event that happens in your life, but also engage with others that they can because they remember they more objective they more re- move from the situation so and open up your ears. To listen what they're saying, that advice that they're giving you about a certain experience and how to process it. And create time in which you can reflect about your experiences. I firmly believe that you must every so frequently, at least once a week, at least uh, every two weeks, have an hour where you have an appointment with yourself in your diary where you you kind of reflect on what's happened to you over the past week, two weeks, or whatever, and how would, can you positively work through those experiences? And if you where you have good experiences, also ask the question: Why did you you experience it positively? Because you can also learn out, out of positive experiences. Hey, it's also the
0: the principle mentioned before by you, the the narrative approach. Uh, it's a yes. story. Learn from your own life narrative. Narratives. Thank you Theo next, What we'll discuss next time with you Will be the advanced principle Of profiling leadership maturity With respect to self To others and the world out there How um, mature leadership uh, Manifests in relation to self Others and the world And also by implication How immature uh, leadership reacts Thank you Theo It's been great uh, um, meeting with you once again
1: Thank you very much for the opportunity
2: that is our leadership uh, platform program for today. Thank you very much Theo and we will see you next time. Bye bye everyone. This is cliffcentral.com.